the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome to Precast 21 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And just a reminder, the Briefcast, when I come to you guys solo without my special teams unit, I know that is sort of redundant these days, but I tell you what, uh, coming up soon, some full-fledged episodes, some more guests. We're working out some things. And, of course, I appreciate you guys being along with me on this journey to a perfect podcast. Want to remind you guys uh, that you can hit me up on Twitter at Wade's Word and, of course, on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And uh, those are ways you can reach out and touch me and I interact with you guys as well. I've been tweeting a whole lot and I tell you what, this is what you waited for. This is what you wait for all year long. If you are a basketball fan, it's NBA playoffs. It's an exciting time to root for your home team or anybody you can pick a team it's easy to pick sides with all of the action that's going on and i'm talking about what happened last night with golden state and the houston rockets going to get into that and i talk a little bit about it some nfl stuff maybe some other things and some of the other nba series and other nba goings on as well but first and foremost what is brand new brand new brand new brand new well, what's brand new with me is I am recording and we're on the cusp of a uh, one of these massive rainstorms that seem to hit Houston more frequently with global warming. So <laughs> we can debate that or not, but I'm telling you what, it's it's real. And that with uh, urban sprawl is creating less free land, so a lot of flooding. And I, I hey, I came to you guys through Har- uh, Hurricane Harvey which was horrible. And I didn't mean we've had Allison, we've had the tax day flood and uh, they're expecting another big one. So if you hear some thunder, some rumbling in the background, it's my dedication to you guys that keeps me going and keeps me uh, podcasting uh, throughout this storm. I haven't been coming to you guys as regularly because um, the game, this, the way the games are set up and, and I, I try to get it in between days and things have been happening. It, just life has happened and I know that consistency is the most important thing so I'll be coming to you guys especially over the summer we'll be doing some things more frequently and setting some things up because summertime is a great time to reset before we get into some NFL football so you guys have that to look forward to so with that want to hurry up and get into some of the things we want to talk about as it pertains to the Rockets and the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference semifinals. I'll tell you what, man, it has uh, it's been one whale of a series. A lot of people think that this could be the NBA final. The winner of this takes it all. I'm not so sure of that now, uh, but I think as it pertains to entertainment value, now, Portland and Denver are, are mighty entertaining. That's a, that's a tremendously entertaining series. You just don't have the familiarity of the big stars on the Denver side. You have Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, and you have some guys on that Portland team that are known. But again, you're in the Pacific Northwest. We don't get to see those guys a whole lot. And Denver, Jokic, as uh, Nikola Jokic has been, 
incredible. Murray has been incredible. That team has been really exciting to watch, but we really just hadn't had a chance to get acquainted with that team yet. So that takes away from the star value. Although the entertainment value is there, I think the star value uh, is not there in comparison to uh, Golden State and the Houston Rockets. Let's get to this series because I'll tell you what, on the local Houston show on KTSU 90.9 with the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen and Ralph Cooper, the legend Ralph Cooper, Saturday morning. So we took calls and boy, it was 02 last Saturday and they were getting blasted. I'm talking about the Rockets. They were down 02. The fans had given up. They were ready to fire um, Mike D'Antoni. I think this team, the city doesn't have a lot of confidence, obviously, in this team in the postseason. And again, we've had these conversations in the city of Houston before, how this team isn't quite as embraced as the golden teams of uh, Clutch City and teams gone by the Moses Malone teams even. The city just hadn't, and I don't know, maybe it's just my unique perspective, but there's a lot of apprehension to get on board on the Rockets bandwagon and a lot of sort of stuff with James Harden. And, and really, I think, again, it boils down to, for me, aesthetically pleasing basketball. Although, again, you can't deny his talent. But so so when the team went down 2 the city went crazy. The city just kind of uh, jumped all over him. All of our phone calls were pretty much negative. And I said, well, wait a minute. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. What if? What if this series gets to be tied 2-2? What do you think then? And I don't think people, I think people live so in the moment emotionally with these series, game to game. We saw it with Paul Pierce after game one of the Celtics uh, Milwaukee Bucks series. He went, hey, it's over. Celtics win. And of course, we know now that the Celtics did not win another game. I think the emotional swings back and forth are so big with a fan base and even with the national media that it's just hard to sort of keep perspective on uh, what the series is to that point the Rockets had ha- not had a chance to hold court so I said well hey let's wait and see and sure enough the tenacity some of the softness sort of faded away and some of the guys like PJ Tucker stepped up Gordon has had a great series guys came to play and they came up big and the Rockets were able to tie it well last night obviously you had an opportunity a big big opportunity to win this series or to put go on your way to winning this series with Kevin Durant went down with what looked like was an Achilles injury. It looked like, okay, it's, it's over. Now you could just feel the energy. And again, I'm thousands of miles away. You could feel the energy leave the building for a moment, but just like that on cue, Steph Curry stepped up. He had been sort of missing in action and people were like, what is wrong with him? And let me say this about golden state. I've never seen, a really a, a championship level team misses many point blank shots as Golden State does. They waste possessions. They are careless with the basketball. They just they do a lot of really bad things. A lot of sort of lazy things and and not finishing, not focusing on each possession. And I think that comes from the overconfidence of knowing that in any given situation. They can respond, and they will respond with a barrage of points, with a barrage of three-pointers. They'll get going in transition, and they can come back at any point. Well, again, that struck really before Kevin Durant got hurt. Really where Golden State started to turn over the basketball. The Rockets kind of really had an opportunity 
to – I mean, both of those teams should be mad at themselves because Golden State really could have pushed that lead forward and really kind of gotten that game over with a lot earlier, if not for missed point-blank shots and turnovers. Uh, I mean, they won the rebound war. I mean, it, it was, it's was. it been a really, really incredible series. We saw Klay Thompson, who I guess Stephen A. Smith said, well, uh, he wasn't happy going into last night's game because he wasn't getting the looks. And you could see Steve Kerr really forcibly try to get him the basketball early. He got going. Steph really didn't get going, but he, he scored 16 points after Kevin Durant went out. Now, you look on the other side. James Harden and Chris Paul combined for 13 after uh, Kevin Durant went out. I just think that this is the time. This, more than anything else, this is your last best shot. And I'm telling you, this will define Harden. For every all the criticism he's received in the past, for being a regular season guy, for being a points guy, for not being a real winner, for all of that criticism, this is your moment. Now, you wanted to win last night, and you could have won in game six, but with Kevin Durant being out, no more excuses. It, there's no excuses here moving forward. You have to make it happen. James Harden had one shot in the last eight minutes of the game. He just didn't. He just didn't do much in the second half. And you wonder why? Why didn't you capitalize? I mean, and again, I know offensively they were doing things and they were scoring, but it, this is opportunity. So I guess moving forward, we can go back, and I can be critical of his performance to this point. But let's go moving forward. These next two games, and I anticipate two games. You come home Friday for game six. You win that, and then it's all about game seven. Can you close things out at Oracle? Now, again, I just feeling the energy of the series, and again, that was right there in the moment. It felt like this series was over. Uh, when, when Durant went out, it looked like it was going to be over. They'll look at him again next week if there is a next week for Golden State. And I just think it's an interesting dynamic with him heading into free agency. And um, does this, I mean, if it would have been an Achilles, would have uh, would have helped uh, help Golden State retain him? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just think it makes things a lot interesting, more interesting uh, to have that kind of injury where the team can step up and really show the kind of support that will make a team, a guy feel like, hey, this is my home. Again, we don't know. With all these aloof basketball players, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, you just don't know what these guys are going to do. And again, I think it adds to the soap opera that is NBA basketball. That makes the entire because we, in a lot of ways, we can we haven't been able to until these playoffs really talk about how competitive things will be in the postseason. It's been a foregone conclusion for a couple of years now that Golden State was going to win the West. Now, I know those myopic Laker fans thought for a moment that LeBron was going to, I don't know what they thought he was going to do, but that is a train wreck. And I do want to talk about Los Angeles oh, in a moment. But the soap opera surrounding uh, where these guys are going to play next year, that sort of has fueled the NBA for a couple of years now because we've known pretty much while LeBron was in Cleveland, we knew, okay, that team is going to the NBA Finals in the East, Golden State is going in the West. Then, you know, when he was in Miami, same thing. So the, a lot of the mystery is taken out because 
unlike most leagues, any other leagues really, the best teams always go to the championship seemingly. I mean, you look at, okay, you could talk about the Patriots. The Patriots were not the best regular season team. You looked at um, what Kansas City was able to do, and you're like, okay, yeah, it's Kansas City. Uh, in, in other sports, same way. The postseason can turn on a dime, and the best team doesn't always win. In basketball, pretty much always the best team ends up in the, the at least the conference finals, if not the NBA championship. So uh, with all of those uh, moving parts coming up, we have a lot to talk about moving forward. But right now, this is James Harden's moment. This is Chris Paul's moment. No more excuses. You're more healthy. Look, no DeMarcus Cousins. No Kevin Durant. And I can go into a lot of the things that I think about the series and what's going on. I think Clint Capella needs to step up. I applaud. I really applaud Eric Gordon and what he's done. P.J. Tucker has really, I mean, a new level of respect for me because he's a guy. I mean, we appreciate him in the city of Houston, but I think for him to step up with the kind of heart, because we talked about that on the Houston show. That was missing for a couple of games, and that toughness, that that Mario Ellie-esque kind of quality that this team needed wasn't there. And this team, and I talked about this, this team has to muck it up and really get you know under the skin of Golden State to win. Now, hey, Kevin Durant, who was having a just just a transcendent performance in the Western Conference semifinals. I mean, when he goes down, it's demoralizing. It takes away a lot, but it opens up things for everybody left in the playoffs. And I mean everybody. Everybody now can look and say, well, maybe we have a shot now. Not that they didn't before, but I think realistically, the energy is a whole lot different now that uh, that Kevin Durant is out of the playoffs, at least, uh, at least for the foreseeable. Because, again, I, the way he looked last night, I thought it was an Achilles. It looked pretty bad. If it's not that bad, maybe maybe he can come back. I don't know. I don't know how he'll respond. I don't know if they win this series, which I'm, I don't really. I'm, if I have to pick a favorite moving forward, I have to go with the Houston Rockets. I just There's no excuse. This is your moment, and this is the moment you have to step up James Harden and, and, and really Chris Paul. And you have not seen these guys miss shots, turn over the basketball, not made plays down the stretch, miss free throws. And, and I can get into specifics because I have pages of notes. But but with all of this, hey, now it comes down to two games. And, and again, I don't want to step over game six. But I know in Houston, the energy will be magnetic. And I, I just think because... Golden State doesn't have a rotation that they had previous to having Kevin Durant. See, Golden State won a championship and went to another without Kevin Durant and, and 72 wins and all that without Kevin Durant. But the bench was a lot better. They were they were deeper. Now they're not so deep. You know that these guys are getting tired. I don't know if you if you're Steve Kerr, you go in and you fight. I don't. And again, this is philosophical. You can go either way on this. You can go in and try to take the hearts out, or I mean, maybe you come in and and give it a go. See where you are after three quarters, and if it's not happening, this could set up to be one of those big blowout games where uh, Kerr will bench his guys early in the fourth quarter or at the end of three. Again, I don't know that that'll be the case. I think they'll be very competitive moving forward. I think uh, you, you don't want, I don't want to be too critical of D'Antoni, but 
I will say this. Kerr is a better coach. And I think that that the Rockets coaching staff will have to make some adjustments because it's going to look like a slightly different series for the next couple of games, if there are next couple of games. So if if I'm going to state, I come in and I'm throwing my haymakers early to try to see if I can quiet the crowd. But if it's not going to happen, it's a short turnaround. Won't be even 48 hours, and they got have to go right back out to the West Coast. Pressure will clearly be on Golden State. Could be the last game in Oracle. So we'll we'll have to see moving forward uh, what that will look like. Um, but maybe I pull the plug early if it's not going to happen that night. I think the worst case scenario for Golden State is for a game to go. Uh, to be contested late into the fourth quarter or in overtime, and then you lose that game and have to come back uh, with a short rotation and these guys not able to really get some rest. So either if I'm Golden State, either I want to really kind of be up in the fourth quarter or, hey, I may eject and get ready for Sunday and let um, home cooking uh, do its job. We can get into officiating. There are a lot of aspects of this, and we'll talk about this Saturday morning. But this is what you live for. If you're a Houston Rockets fan, Golden State, you know the drill. You've been through it. We in Houston haven't been through it. Well, and some of these folks, uh, I mean, these youngsters don't even know what it's like to be a champion. I vividly remember it. I was at the Western Conference Finals. Why I wasn't at the finals is a whole different story. But uh, I, you know, that was years and years ago, and uh, I was just starting out uh, as a newspaper guy, writing for a African-American weekly, the Houston Informer. So that was a long, long time ago. But I know what it's like to be a champ. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing. And, of course, we know what it's like to win with the Astros. And uh, so, you know, we understand that. Golden State understands that. It's going to be a great couple of games here because, again, I anticipate the Rockets easily winning game six. And, And, again, it's about the moment. Can you seize the moment? If this doesn't happen... This will be very, very demoralizing for the Rockets because moving forward, I don't know what more you can do with contracts in place for Clint Capella, for Chris Paul, for Harden. Those those guys are there. So you can add different journeymen. Maybe you can get some sort of veteran to play for the – I don't know. I don't know what more you can do to give you some confidence looking forward other than, hey, if Golden State sort of breaks up, Cousins goes away, Clay Thompson maybe go away, maybe um, Durant goes to the East, you know, maybe you say, well, hey, we have the same nucleus. Maybe we become the favorites, but I, I don't know if we can count on that when you look at a team like Portland, who without uh, Nurkic is still competing and may have an opportunity to go to uh, the NBA Finals if they can get past Denver. Or you have a young Denver team that's so deep uh, that, hey, a guy like Isaiah Thomas, who a couple of years ago just led Boston and really was the talk of the NBA, he can't even get on the court right now. So, uh, you know, I don't know. This may be your window. I I can't see them having a better opportunity to win the NBA championship uh, with this core group. And I just don't I just don't see it past this year. Now you have everything you want your way. If you can't do it now, this will be backbreaking for this organization. And I think the window will likely be closed for this version of the Houston Rockets. You look around the NBA, Kyrie uh, and the Boston Celtics. I mean, unbelievable talent on that team. I think Kyrie was the problem. I think he is a problem. I think moving forward, I don't know that he'll ever have the kind of success. I think he really kind of 
I went backwards when he started talking about, oh, I called LeBron about leadership, and now I understand. No, no, no. No, you don't. No, you don't. And you had your shot to lead these teams and get the respect of these guys. You didn't. You're clearly the best, the, the most talented player on the team. I don't think that you ever, and again, I'm way on the outside. I'm not, I don't watch the Celtics day in and day out. And if you hear that in the background, that's thunder. That's not the, the heavens affirming that I'm correct. Although, maybe. So if you hear some rumbling, I have a very, very good mic, but I'm also next to a window, and I'm not in this insulated booth that I should be in. So uh, that's what you get at the beginning of a fledgling podcast. Although we're, we're a couple years in, and we're thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners in uh, to this thing. So, uh, but, so if you hear thunder, maybe it's just my def- divine expertise being affirmed by Mother Nature. Um, but uh, but Kyrie, I think, is likely out of Boston. Brad Stevens, I, he blamed himself last night. I think rightfully so. He should have blamed himself. And because, again, hey, he had all the talent. You got all the pieces. Uh, it, sometimes it's easy to make it work. Ask Phil Jackson. Sometimes it's not. And now uh, that failed miserably. And I'm, I thought, man, I just thought that uh, they shouldn't have been uh, as low a seed as they were. But uh, we'll have to see what happens moving forward. And what in the world is wrong with the Los Angeles Lakers? I don't want to spend too much time on this, but that team is clearly I, it's it's not going well. They still don't have a coach. Teron Lou he turned down a three year deal. Apparently he wants a five year deal, and he deserves to get that. He's saying, "Wait a minute, I'm just not going to ride the LeBron wave." And as soon as he's gone, I'm gone. I've lived that in Cleveland. So I don't want to do that again. So he's looking for a five year deal to give him some security and more money. And uh, they didn't want to give it to him. We'll have to see moving forward. Monty Williams did not opt for that job. And I don't blame him. What a great decision for him. Go to Phoenix. I don't, I think it is not boding well for LeBron. And with all this chaos around this, how can you really attract a big name free agent and want to step into that mess? But I don't, you know, stranger things have happened because you have guys like oh, the speculation is Kyrie and Kevin Durant are going to New York. I don't know why anybody would want to do that. So with that, going to take a brief time out, come back with a little bit more. Going to kind of cut this short because of the weather. This is Briefcast 21 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Briefcast, uh, a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade.
with Devin Wade podcast. I'm getting crossed up here. Uh, again, I'm trying to rush through this because I know at some point uh, we'll probably lose. Po- I mean, I don't want to over dramatize the situation here, but we know how to. We know this routine here in Houston, and I know, of course, our weather people here. I'm like in most places, uh, they always project gloom, doom, and gloom. Uh, as, as it pertains to the weather to keep you watching. Hey, stay with us all night. Download the app. It's coming, and sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. I, I don't have a lot of confidence in them, but again, uh, yeah, I can see the forecast, and I can hear the rumbles in the background. Um, happy Mother's Day, by the way. want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I think I'll have another podcast before that. We'll have to see. I think we'll, we'll have one before Game 7. So I want to remind folks also, uh, to uh, really check in and uh, on Saturday morning on the uh, Houston show, KTSU Sports Talk with yours truly, the legend Ralph Cooper and the Silver Fox Kevin Allen, 8.30 a.m. Central on 90.9 Houston or KTSURadio.com. You can also get the podcast there as well. couple things we want to talk about. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, uh, we have seen, well, NFL stuff. Kyler Murray signed his deal, so he will be in rookie camp. A lot of rookie camps will be taking place here soon. And uh, NFL's just around the corner. Man, so it's, it's not far away. So we'll be talking some NFL. And also Seattle, sort of more of the end of an era where you have uh, Cam Chancellor and Doug Baldwin uh, being released because of uh, their inability to pass the physicals. And uh, really, two important parts of a Super Bowl winning team uh, have departed. They, they joined Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman and so many others uh, that have departed and left that team. But I talk about those guys because, hey, man, they uh, they were my favorite team for a while. I mean, I still like Seattle. And I know Russell Wilson is probably not a guy that we wouldn't kick it in school. I mean, I get it. He's not necessarily my type of guy. But he's my type of football player. He's that dude, and I'm glad he got paid. Uh, And I know Richard Sherman and a number of other guys really had problems. Michael Bennett. I don't know about Michael Bennett, but I know for sure Richard Sherman did. And uh, but hey, because he was young and he was able to get that, you know, operate on that rookie deal, you guys could get paid for a while before you couldn't. So, um, but Seattle was my favorite team. I still like Seattle and moving forward, and I like some of the things they've done in the offseason. But it'll be sad to see those guys go. Cam Chancellor is a just a beast, a monster, and we'll miss him playing. And the uh, the and, and the other guy, my favorite player, who uh, is now with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Earl Thomas, one of my favorite guys. I seem to like the little scrappy guys. Steve Smith was one of my guys. And, and I don't know why, because I wasn't the little scrappy guy. And, you know, and physically, I'm not the, the scrappy little guy. But, you know, those guys that's going to bring the wood. And Baltimore was really kind of one of those guys as well. Uh, at Golden Tate, when he was on Seattle, he was one of those guys. Remember what he did to Sean Lee? Yeah, that was one of all-time favorites. So, uh, NFL stuff going on. Also, I did talk about this. I said I was going to talk about this on the Houston show. I, I was really critical of Tiger Woods getting a congressional medal from Donald Trump. And he won the Masters, and I'm so, so glad he won the Masters. But you can't go to the White House. I just said, look, this is not a good move. There are too many African-American folks who really have 
supported you, who have rooted for you. I heard what it was like for, for Joe Lewis back in the day, and I know how it was for Jackie Robinson. You hear those stories that, like, everybody, you are representing the race. And I don't think it's quite as dramatic for him. I mean, obviously, it's certainly not as dramatic uh, for Tiger Woods because he's not. Um, he's not always embraced in the African-American community. And the reason why is stuff like this. You are business partners with Donald Trump. You go and get the award. Now, I was I really, really got into it a little bit on uh, on Saturday. And I said, well, you know what, man? And I didn't want to get too political. But you, this is this is a guy that is really damaging the brand. <laughs> you talk about the NFL with the shield. Hey, he's hurting He's hurting the shield, and, and and I'm talking about the president or the guy that's occupying office, and and, and I can get deep, and, and it's not. I mean, I, I don't want to get into it because it's tiring, but I do think that you you understand the climate of the room, Tiger, and you can't do it. But I will say this, and, and I walk these statements back a little bit because there was a a gravity to the way Tiger Woods responded that. I think that he wasn't as exploited as I thought he would be. I like Jim Brown or Steve Harvey or other African-Americans, all the, the pastors that went there and were really just there for a photo out. I don't, I think that the way he conducted himself and the gravity that he uh, applied to the moment, it, it felt different than I anticipated. I still would not have gone. I would have said, Hey, if you, this is your boy, this is your business partner. Let's let's hey, if that's your friend, he has to know, man. I cannot take this hit. And I mean, let's understand this. Uh, Tiger Woods came from from you know to hell and back, and that's my warning on my weather. And I don't know how to cut this off, so let me try to cut this off. Uh, let me see if I can cut it off. Okay, I got it. So now you not now you guys know that it's serious. So <laughs> not that you didn't before. You didn't believe me, but. So this is what we do. So yeah, there's a weather warning and yeah, flash flood warning. So that's always the case in Houston uh, when we are what uh, six, seven feet above uh, sea level, whatever we are. But nonetheless, I just think that if that's your friend, you say, "Hey, we can't do that. We, you know, don't do me, don't put me in a position like this. That too many. It's it's just not. You lose a lot of good feeling." Uh, that people have for you when you sort of get in the middle of the political thing. And no matter what you do, when you get next to that guy, it gets to be political. But I thought the way he carried himself, there was a lot more dignity to that ceremony than I anticipated. I thought it would be more of him exploiting uh, of Donald Trump, exploiting Tiger Woods. I still don't think it was a good look. And I, Hey, anytime I, I you know, I ask myself all the time, if I am invited to the white house, I, you know, it's a very difficult decision. It's a more difficult decision than you might think. But do you really want to be the guy to take pictures with like Nixon right before impeachment? Do you really want to be the guy that, you know, to, to be with, uh, well, I think Andrew Johnson was the worst president of all time. Do you, you want to be the black guy taking a picture with him? Now, again, I can go in the historical context on that, but I won't worst president ever. And, and, and um, then that's getting to be more debatable uh, with each uh, with each passing day. But nonetheless, I digress. Tiger Woods went. I thought he again. I walked back some of the just overt criticism. I still wouldn't have gone, but I thought that he lended a lot more gravity to it, and it felt a lot different than I thought it would. Uh, he deserved to be honored. Not I would have waited for Trump, 
and maybe caught Nicholas and didn't get that honor. But what I did like is he recognized Charlie Siff. And only three golfers had gotten this award previous to him on the Palmer, Charlie Silver, and Jack Nicholas. And he recognized the African American um, struggles with the African American golfer, Charlie Sifford, who he said he named his son after. So when you start talking about that and you start bringing up those sorts of things, I think you can kind of say, okay, well, I get it. I wouldn't have done it, but I get it. And it's hard to. Uh, turn on these opportunities when they come because this will stand for all time or at least until we start to speak Russian. So, no big dummy this episode. Again, I'm rushing to get this on and out um, before I am underwater, but I, I mean, I, I'm exaggerating. It's not that serious, but uh, it, yeah, it, a lot of rain uh, is on the way, but I want to hurry up and get this out. Uh, we'll try to come to you guys Saturday. Uh, before game, what I think will be game seven. If we're doing post-mortem on the Rockets, it'll be a whole different podcast. But I want to remind you guys, hit me up on Twitter at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D, or on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and or group. And uh, those are ways to reach out and touch me. Hey, get a chance to check out the show on Saturday and on KTSURadio.com. Hit me up. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. And as always, have a great day. You know bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboat.